Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck, and welcome to the Word at My Church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So wherever you are, just go ahead and grab your Bible in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do by hearing its word and applying it by faith. It'll change my life. So I declare right now from this day forward that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever in Jesus name. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every opportunity, Father God, to approach your throne of grace. And Father God, Lord, I trust you today. Father God, Lord, that your word shall go forth. Father God, unhindered, unchecked, Father God, by any demonic spirit, Father God, or any demonic force. Father God, Lord, that nothing, Father God, would hinder your people Father God, from receiving, Father God, what you have made available to them. Father God, Lord, speak, Lord, like you've never spoken before. Father God, use me as your chosen vessel. Father God, say what you want to say and do what you want to do. Father God, Lord, I'm just a vessel of your choosing. Father God, Lord, to be used however you so desire. Father God, give us insight, foresight, and revelation. Father Lord, we declare, Father God, Lord, that when we hear your word, Father God, our lives shall never be the same again. Father Lord, we know, Father God, that your word declares anytime, Lord, we can see, hear, and understand. Father, we will be converted. And Father God, Lord, into that which we see, hear, and understand. So, Lord, open the eyes of our, our hearts, Father God, Lord, the understanding, Father God, of our minds. Father God, Lord, that we be receptive and receive everything, Lord, that you pour out on today. Give us a, a spiritual download from heaven. Father, Lord, that it would change us. Father, God, make us into, Father, God, the world changes. Father, God, Lord, that you created us to be. Father, God, Lord, you created us to be the change agents in the earth. Father, Lord, that the earth would become like heaven. And Father, God, Lord, not that we would become like the earth, but that the earth would become like heaven. Father, you said your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, God, we were the ones, Lord, that you put here, Lord, to have that kind of impact and influence. And Lord, so we declare now, Father, Lord, as we receive this word, Lord, we will become equipped, Father, God, to have a greater impact and influence every place that we go, every place that our feet have tread upon. Father God, we claim as territory for the kingdom of God, and we thank you, Lord, for it all. We bind every contrary spirit, every demonic force, that nothing shall hinder, Lord, what you attempt to do in our lives, and we trust you and believe you, Lord, for it all today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah this morning. Amen. I'm blessed this morning, and I'm so blessed to be here with you all. And if you've been with us, then you know that this is the year that God wants to restore the church to a place of greater influence and impact. And if you recall, I told you one thing that is essential 
to the restorative or restoration process is that we must have some concept of the original condition or state of that which is being restored. See, if we're going to be restored to our original condition, we must begin to do as Paul reminds us and be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example as well-beloved children imitate their father. Because the Bible says we were created in his image and his likeness. In other words, we've got to start open uh, operating like he does. Uh, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, uh, the Bible says that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And if we look back at Genesis, when God was creating everything, we see a pattern. God said, he saw, and it was good. God said, he saw, and it was good. See, when God spoke something, he saw the words that he spoke manifested and everything that he spoke and manifested was good. See, God has an expectation for his word to produce. As a matter of fact, he says in Isaiah 55, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. See, when God says something, he expects results. So if we're going to have the kind of influence and impact God intended, we must have our tongue restored. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Restoring our tongue. Because our father is the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that be not as though they were. And we are designed to create life with our words. As a matter of fact, open your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. And when you get there, look at verse 21. Proverbs chapter 18 beginning at verse 21. And I'm reading from the New King James Version of the text. And it reads, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Here he tells us that our words have power. And if we use them on a consistent basis, they will produce results, whether negative or positive. It's right there in the text. He says death or life are in the power of the tongue. He says the tongue, the words we speak, have the power to produce death or life. He said and those who love it, those who consistently use it, he said will eat its fruit. We will experience those results. See, but somewhere along the line, we've allowed the enemy to convince us that our words don't matter. And we have become reckless with our tongue. Go over to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Oh, trust me, we're going somewhere today. Matthew chapter 12, 
beginning at verse 36. Matthew chapter 12, beginning at verse 36. Here it reads, But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give account, give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Hmm. Here Jesus makes it plain that our words matter. That the things we say will have consequences, both natural and spiritual. Now, I, I, I just want to pause here for a minute because when we, we hear people, I've heard people preach this scripture and, you know, and, and, and everybody always likes to take this scripture and give it a very dark context. You know, you know, they, they always want to use a, a, a very condemning tone, you know, to try to tell people, oh, you got to watch your mouth, you know, like, like you know, as, as if to say, you know, God's going to get you for things that you say. But, I, you know, when I saw this and God showed me this, uh, uh, what, what, he, what he showed me was a little something different. You know, when, 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 when we see the, like the story of the talents and the Bible talks about me giving a man one talent, two talents, you know, and he said, and, he, and there came a day when he came back for an accounting of what you did with the talents that he gave. And see, they were either justified or condemned by how they handled those talents. He says, now see, this is the same thing. He says that I say to you that every idle word men speak. He says, see, if you don't value those words, see, if you, if you take them to mean nothing and you squander your words, he said, because there's going to be a day where there's going to be an accounting. Or oh, watch what I'm saying. See, see, because see, there's some things in your life that you're complaining about that you're not happy with some results that you desire. And God said, I gave you the keys to the kingdom. He said that which is bound on earth is bound in heaven. And that which is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. He said, I, I gave you the keys. He said that power of life and death is in your tongue. He said, but you squandered that power. He says, so when that day of accounting comes and you start talking about what you didn't have, God's going to say, hold up, let's look, let's pull up the ledger. He said, because you misused the words that I gave you. He says, so you're either going to be justified or condemned by the usage of your words. Oh, I need somebody to catch that revelation right there. How powerful your words are. See, because our words matter. And the things we say will have consequences, both natural and spiritual. As a matter of fact, go over to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. See, because that's some powerful revelation right there. When you start to realize that God is concerned about how we utilize this power that he gave us. He has an expectation. Remember what he just said. My word shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I sent it. And he created us in his image and his likeness. So God has an expectation that when we send words out of our mouth, that we should have that same expectation. 
See, when we say things, we expect it. Oh, watch this. I was having a conversation with the man of God a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking and he told me something. He, he, he told me something and, and, and it, and, and it kind of uh, took me off guard because he said to me, he said, you know, he said, I've been, he said, I've been in this season of prayer. He said, in this, in this, in, in the past few weeks, he said, he said, because he said, it, it kind of disturbed me. He said, because the last conversation we had a few months ago, he said, you were talking to me about some things that God was showing you in the kingdom. He said, and the next thing I knew, he said, I looked up and they had already been manifested. He said, and I started having to ask God, he said, why is it that I, a man of faith, he said, I don't believe leave you that same way. He said, because you're one of the few people that I see like that. He said, when you say something, he said, your words actually come to pass. He said, and see, and this is the thing, because I believe God and I believe my words have power and you should too. See, this very network that you're watching this word on, on Roku, Firestick, Apple TV, God spoke that to me in December. And immediately when God spoke it to me, I stepped into action. Because I believe when God speaks to me about something, when God says move, I move. And I begin to speak it. And I begin to declare it. And I begin to walk after it because when God said it to me, it was already done. And when I begin to say it, I have an expectation to see what my words said because my words do not leave and return to me void. Why? Because I was created in his image and his likeness. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody today. See, because our words have consequences, both natural and spiritual. Proverbs chapter six, look at verse two. He says, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. See, many of the situations that we find ourselves in are a result of our reckless speech. I was talking to my pastor the other day and we were talking about this very thing about how people do not even think that their words matter, that they just say things. They're very reckless with the words that come out of their mouths. We were talking about the fact he said, matter of fact, for years, we used to watch it on TV. We thought it was the funniest thing in the world. I remember growing up watching Sanford and Son and Red Fox used to say every week, several times a week that he was having the big one. He would joke about having a heart attack and years and he would get up even in his stand-up routine all the time. That was a joke. He used to say it all the time. And how did Red Fox die? Of a heart attack. See, we can't keep declaring things and thinking that it doesn't matter. You can't keep talking about your head is killing you. That your back is killing you. Your feet are killing you. You can't keep talking about these things. You can't keep saying these things. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of that. And don't think that you're going to end up getting sick of something or that something is actually going to kill you. You can't keep saying these things. You can't keep talking about how broke you are. And that's why it's critical for us to imitate our father. To say what he says. Peter reminds us, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. 
That word oracle means divine utterance. In other words, as if God himself were speaking. And Jesus tells us in John's gospel, I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the father has told me to say. See, whenever I'm dealing with the situation, whenever I'm dealing with the circumstance, I always try to be mindful to find me a scripture that pertains to my situation. And I speak that as it pertains to my situation, to my marriage, to my children, to my finances, to my health. Because when I say only what the father has told me to say, see, God's words have power. As a matter of fact, he tells us through the prophet Jeremiah that he watches over his word to perform it. Well, if God is watching over his word then you best believe the devil is watching over his. See, when we speak doubt and disbelief, when we say things that are contrary to the scriptures, he goes to work overtime to make sure those things come to pass in our life. Somebody type in the comment, so watch your mouth. Now, God didn't say he watches over our words but he watches over his word to make sure it is fulfilled. And that's why it's important to say what he says. Oh, let me help y'all see this. The Bible says in order for us to be saved, we must confess with our mouth and believe in our heart because confession is necessary in order for faith to succeed. See, the word confess comes from the Greek word homologio, which means same word or to say the same thing, to come into agreement with what God is saying. And by confessing God's word, we're not just saying stuff. We're releasing the very power of God that dwells within us. Oh, can I prove that to you? The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus is the word. So when we start confessing the word, we're not just saying stuff. We're releasing the very power of Christ that lives within us because God is his word. So I'm not just quoting scripture, I'm releasing God because we say he lives within us. The spirit of God lives within me. If Jesus, oh Jesus, ah. If the father, the son, and the spirit are one and Jesus is the word, God is the word, then the spirit is the word. So when I release the word, I'm releasing the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we must restore our tongues. Somebody type in the comment, we must be mindful of the words we say. Yeah. Turn over to Ephesians chapter four. Oh, I'm trying to tell you, I don't know if it's good to you, but I know it's good to me. Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four, look at verse 29. 
Here, look what he says here. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. See, watch this. Now, and don't get me wrong. See, legalists will sit here and try to tell you, oh, see, they talking about cussing. And I'm not trying to tell you that, that, that cussing is okay. But look, that's not what he's talking about. Here he tells us to make sure that our words are not corrupt. That word corrupt means worthless and of no value. Wait a minute. What are you saying? See, you have to understand. Watch this. The Bible says that there is no sickness in heaven. Sickness did not exist in heaven. So if we're always praying to God, talking about how sick we are, or if we're always talking about how sick we are, then those words are worthless. Hmm. What do you mean, Pastor? The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. He said, but everything by prayer and supplication present your request unto God. He said, so you don't have anything to be anxious about, to be worried about. He said, but if you've got an issue, he says, then present your request to God. So if I'm requisitioning something from heaven, I don't requisition sickness from heaven. I, res I requisition healing because healing is the only thing heaven has. They don't have sickness up there. They have wholeness. So for me to even mention sickness to heaven is worthless. I declare wholeness. Oh, I know. I, I know. It, 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 I know. It's, it's a lot. I know. I know. It's a lot to wrap your head around, but trust me, you'll get it in a minute. He tells us to make sure that our words are not corrupt, worthless of no value. He said, but instead they build up and are of benefit to those who hear. Now, if you remember, I told you, who is the first person to hear what you say? You are. And that's why Satan wants to deceive us into believing our words don't matter. See, when you talk about how sick you are, you're the one who hears and it goes back and it lodges and gets planted into your heart until you believe it. And then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you keep talking about how sick you are until you believe it. And you keep saying it. And now Satan is watching over those words because those are his words that didn't come from heaven. Sicknesses of the devil. And so now he now goes to work to use this natural world to bring those results, those consequences to pass in your life. See, because the world already has produced all kinds of negative consequences, negative situations, but we have solutions. We have the ability to bind on earth and heaven backs us up. We have the ability to loose on earth resources that we need and heaven backs us up.
Satan wants to deceive us into believing that our words don't matter. He knows it will affect our faith. He wants to destroy our understanding of the power and value of our words so that we won't believe anything we say will come true. So we won't think our words have consequences. How many of you remember growing up that old saying sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. It was the enemy's attempt to destroy your credibility. Watch this. Whenever Pastor Stephanie and I do marriage counseling, whenever we do seer training, we tell couples, you know, in the, in the, in the course of your relationship, you may have intense moments of fellowship, but one thing you must do is fight fair. In other words, don't say anything you will regret because words are the one thing you can't take back. See, so many people have been deceived into believing that words are just empty speech. But turn over to John chapter six, the gospel of John chapter six. Oh, I pray y'all getting a hold of this. This is one of these messages you're going to have to listen to more than once. You're going to have to rehearse this, get this in your mind, because I'm telling you, it's going to have to shape your thinking. Because remember, I told you, Pastor Son told us that those thoughts create those chemicals. And those chemicals create those feelings. And then those feelings create more thoughts. And see, once we go through that, then, then we say things and those, th those words create more thoughts, which create more chemicals, which create more feelings, which create more words, which create more thoughts. And so we, we've got to get to that place where we break that cycle up. And so when we recognize how our words are supposed to be, and that's why Jesus said, take no thought saying. He said, you got to watch what you say. So you got to correct your thinking so you can correct your speaking. Because if you don't correct your speaking, then your thoughts are going to be corrupt. Your feelings are going to be corrupt. And then you start speaking out of your feelings. And then your words are going to mess with your thought life. And then that chemical process mess with your feelings. And then you start speaking those feelings because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then that starts messing with your thinking again. And you get jacked up. But when you get to the point where you realize like Jesus, I said only say what my father says. It shifts your thought process, shifts those chemicals, corrects those feelings. Now my belief system is different. And now out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I believe, therefore I speak. That's what the word says. Hmm. Ha. Y'all in John six, look at verse 63. Here Jesus says, these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. 
It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The word I speak to you are spirit and they are alive. Didn't I just tell you that the word, that Jesus is the word, God is his word, and the spirit is word. Jesus, Jesus verifies that right here. He says the word I speak to you is spirit and it produces life. He tells us it's the spirit who gives life and the word that we speak are spirit and life. See, if we believe the lie of the enemy, then we'll believe that our words have nothing to do with how our life goes. But Jesus makes it clear in Mark's gospel, our words determine our life. Go over to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. And when you get to look at verse 22. Mark chapter 11. Beginning at verse 22. Here he says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, or the God kind of faith. Now, what is the God kind of faith? I told you, God has an expectation for the things he says to produce results. Well, in verse 23, he says, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever, whatever he says. Now, notice, who does Jesus say will have whatever he says? The person who believes those things he says will be done. In other words, in order to have what you say, you must believe what you say. Mm. I need y'all to catch that. In order to have what you say, you must believe what you say. And see, that's a big part of your problem. See, a reason why many of you have financial difficulties is because you believe you broke. Yeah. Mm. Reason why so many of you have sickness is because you believe you're sick. What are you saying, Pastor? The Bible says, whose report will you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. See, the doctor gave you a diagnosis and you accepted that diagnosis. So you've been walking around telling everybody, I got, I got this disease. I got that disease. I got this disease. I got that disease. Why? Because the doctor said you got it and you trusted what the doctor said when God said by his stripes, you were healed. So who do you believe? Do you believe the doctor? Or do you believe God? Evidently you believe the doctor because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when you're walking around telling people what you got, that's who you believe. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to help you. 
See, watch this. See, God said in the word, my God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory. So he said your needs are supplied according to his riches. But the bank statement told you you had insufficient funds. So it said that your needs, your supply is insufficient to meet your needs. So you believe that in your heart. And so you said you're broke. Because if you believe what he said, then you already know that my supply is God's riches. And the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, all they that dwell in it, the silver is his, the gold is his. So everything that exists in the earth belongs to my father. And he said, my needs are supplied according to what he has. So there's no way I can ever be broke. But because you believe what the bank statement says versus what he says, you say what they say. You came into agreement with what the enemy said to you, what the world said to you. And because you believe those things that you say, that's what will be done. Because in order to have what you say, you must believe what you say. And that's why you're seeing what you see, because you believe what you say. And that's why it's critical that we restore our tongue. That we reestablish the connection between what we say with our mouth and what happens in our life. See, we've got to reestablish the connection that God intended. See, God always intended that what we said would be manifested in our life, but he only intended for us to say what he said. See, because there will be no results unless we believe what we say and that's why the enemy wants to destroy your credibility. He does not want you to believe what you say. Oh, let me take that back. He doesn't mind you believing what you say. He just doesn't want you to say what God says. Go over to Proverbs chapter 15. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm teaching today. Whether you like it or not, I'm teaching today. I'm blessing me. You just catching the overflow right now. Proverbs 15. When you get there, look at verse four. Can I tell you, this message right here will revolutionize your life. You better put this on replay and play it. You ought to listen to this message Seven day until next Sunday. You listen to this message every day this week until next Sunday. See what happens in your life. See if it change. See if you can change your thinking to change your speaking. If you can do that, guarantee your life will change. Guarantee. Proverbs chapter 15. Look at verse four. 
Look at what he says here. A wholesome tongue. That word wholesome means a healing. A tongue that speaks wholeness. He says is a tree of life or a source of life. He says, but a, but perverseness. Crookedness. Contrary speech. Saying things contrary to what you actually believe. He says in it breaks the spirit. It damages the spirit. It creates a breach. See, because most of us don't realize the power of our words by saying perverse, crooked, corrupt, vain words, it causes our heart to no longer have faith in what our mouth is saying. It causes a disconnect. And what should be faith becomes only wishful thinking. Because in our heart, we know God's word is reliable, but ours is not. See, we no longer believe that anything we say will come true. Even if it's the word of God. Somebody type in the comments. That's why we've got to watch what we're saying. Because our words matter. Now, I know as soon as I told you that, the scripture says we shouldn't say things that are contrary to what we believe. The enemy started whispering, saying things like, see, I told you that confession stuff was just a gimmick. If he said you're not supposed to say things contrary to what you believe, then how are you going to say you healed when you really sick? How are you going to say you out of debt when you owe everybody? See, he's trying to get you to tell a lie. At least I tell it like it is. Trust me, I know what the enemy will tell you because he tried to tell me the same thing. But God tells us in Job 22, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. Remember, I said we were created in his image and his likeness. And it says that we are supposed to imitate our father. Well, remember, our father is the king of kings. So if he's the king of kings. If he's our king and he's the king of kings, then that, what does that make you? It makes you a king. That's why the Bible calls you a royal priesthood. And what do kings do? Kings very rarely get up off the throne. They sit on the throne and when they want things done, they decree things. They speak and they have an expectation for their words to come to pass. And that's why he tells us, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. Somebody type in the comments, our words have power. As a matter of fact, go over to Psalm 81. Psalm 81. Oh, this man, I'm telling you, 
I remember when I first found this scripture, this became one of my favorite scriptures. I'm telling you, it it, it changed, it revolutionized. When I found, especially in this particular translation, I'm telling you, it changed my life. Psalm 81, the Passion Translation. I'm telling you, this it, it just blew my mind when I read it. Psalm 81, verse 10, in the Passion Translation, reads like this. I am your only God, the living God. Wasn't I the one who broke the strongholds over you and raised you up out of bondage? First, let's stop right there. I don't know about any of y'all, but that's my testimony. There were strongholds over my life. I grew up in poverty. Filed bankruptcy the first time in my life when I was 19 years old. I was living out of my car. At 21, 22, yeah, yeah, see, y'all don't even know, see, I know what broke is, my broke head broke, as they say. So I know what it is not to have. Talking about sickness, illness. Been dealing with chronic pain for over 20 years. Get out the bed in the level of pain that most people will be sitting in the emergency room. At one point, I was walking on two canes to the point that I had to have carpal tunnel surgery. I was putting so much pressure on the canes just to move. But don't nobody hear me talking about that I'm sick. Don't nobody hear me talking about I'm broke. Why? Because my God, my only God, the living God, was the one who broke the strongholds over me and raised me up out of bondage. Look at what he says. He says, open your mouth with a mighty decree and I will fulfill it now, you'll see. In other words, he says, I've already given you the ability to change the outcome of what's going on in your life. He said, if you just open your mouth and use your tongue, he said, you declare a thing and I will establish it for you. But see, you've got to believe what you say. You've got to have an expectation that when you say something that it's supposed to come to pass. You've got to go back to that place where you were created to operate just like your father. The God who calls things that be not as though they were that gives life 
to the dead. He said, open your mouth with a mighty decree. Don't come with no little mealy mouth confession. Don't come with no little baby stuff. He said, find you the word that applies to your situation. Believe it in your heart. Confess it. Stand on it. Don't move it until you see it come to pass. And have an expectation. When I said it, I meant it. I believe it. I expect it. And I'm not going to move until I see it. Don't care what the devil show me. I know what God said. And I know what I said. He said, and I will fulfill it now. He said, you'll see. Look at what he says. The words that you speak, so shall it be. Oh, did you hear what he just said? He said, the words that you speak. See, it's the words we speak. That will come to pass in our life. And that's why we got to watch over our words. That's why we've got to make sure that we're saying what God said. That's why we got to restore our tongue. Go over to James 1. Oh, I'm trying to get you through this. We almost done. James 1. Last scripture. James 1. When you get there, look at verse 26. James 1, beginning at verse 26. Here he says, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Hmm. He says if he thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart. He says, see, if you think you believe something, he said, and you don't control what you say out of your mouth but deceive your own heart. First of all, you got to catch what he just said. He says, if you don't control your tongue, but deceive your own heart. He says, see, when you don't control your tongue, that's what you're doing. You're deceiving your heart. Remember, I just said that. When you're saying things contrary to what you actually believe, he says, you're actually convincing your heart not to believe what you say. He says, so even if you say you believe something, even if you think, that you got faith. Even if you think you're a believer, he said, but if you don't control the way you talk, but in all the while you're convincing your, your, your heart not to believe what you say, he said, then the stuff that you believe is not going to produce anything. He said, in other words, what you believe is vain. It's for nothing. If he doesn't control his tongue, he said, because his tongue will deceive his heart. And that's why the enemy wants to destroy your credibility. Because he knows that Jesus said, if you believe in your heart that what you say will be done, you'll have whatsoever you say. So if he can convince you that your words don't matter, you won't believe anything you say will come true. You won't think your words have consequences. 
See, so many of us have fallen prey to the scheme of the enemy. He's tricked us into saying things that are not true. Perverse, crooked, corrupt words. All the while, he was destroying our credibility and stealing our authority. Watch this. Let me show you how quickly he'll take advantage of you. I remember when my kids were small. And I remember I used to love playing tricks on my kids. I used to love messing with them because kids are so uh, gullible, if some people would call it. But that's not what God calls it. God, God calls it faith. God tells us that you can't even enter the kingdom except like a child. But as a new believer, not even understanding what it was, not having a full understanding of the value of what they had, the enemy was tricking me into misusing it, into abusing it. And so I would play tricks on my kids. You know, I'm messing with them. I'm, I'm in the kitchen and I'm barking like a dog and they come running thinking it's a dog in the house. You know, I, I'm doing all kinds of stuff. And I remember one day I did something and Courtney, my youngest, looked at me. She said, Daddy, you lying. And when she said it to me, it cut me like a knife that my baby looked me in my face and called me a liar. And God said, don't you see the enemy's trying to steal your authority? He's trying to steal your credibility. He's trying to make it so that your words to her don't matter. And it's the same thing he does to us. He tries to keep us saying things so that we don't think our words matter to ourselves. And that's why we've got to restore our tongue. See, if you realize you've been saying a lot of stuff you don't believe, stuff you don't mean, it's time to restore your tongue. It's time to increase the value you put on your words and watch what you've been saying. Well, how do I do that? Well, it's easy. God said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Jesus said, I only say what my father told me to say. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may do all that is written in it. He said, then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. See, if you want to see results, you got to speak the word. You got to think on the word. That way you'll produce the results that are in the word. Jesus said, whoever says and in his heart believes that those things he says will be done, he'll have so whatsoever he says. See, in order for us to get the results that God intended, not only must we confess with our mouths, but we must also believe in our hearts. 
So we must restore our tongue. We've got to reestablish that connection between what we say and what we believe. We've got to go back to that place where we have an expectation that when we say something, it's supposed to produce results. Because we were created like our Father to create life with our words. God bless you today. You listen to this word and you're like, man, I, I, I never thought about any of this. That's what the enemy wanted. He wants you to continue to just speak idle words, to continue to waste your influence over your own life. Jesus, I gave you the keys. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loosed. He said, you have the ability to produce death and life with your tongue. He said, but if you don't recognize it, you'll be sitting there struggling. You'll be dealing with stuff. You've got a harvest in your life that you planted because you keep sowing those seeds, those words in your life. You keep producing them because the enemy keeps giving you thoughts and you keep accepting those thoughts and saying those things. And because you believe what the world has shown you, the evidence that the enemy's put in front of you, you have in what you say. But you got to restore your tongue where you say only what God said and that you have an expectation that what God said is what you're going to produce. That no word would come out of your mouth and return to you void, but it would prosper in the thing that you sent it. And if you listen to this day, you're like, man, this is amazing. But I, I, I don't even know Jesus like that. Well, guess what? This is your day. Because I can introduce you to him. We're close like that. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you could be saved. See, the first thing is you've got to believe that God loved you enough to give up his son for you. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that the penalty of sin is death. So all of us were in a position where we deserve to die for the things we've done wrong. We were born that way because of what Adam did. Adam disobeyed God, and so now death, a death sentence was on all of our heads when we were born. And so you, you couldn't avoid it. You're not a bad person because of the things you've done. It was, in your, it was in your DNA. You were born that way. But guess what? You don't have to stay that way. And God said, I don't want, I want you to have a way out. And I love you too much to see you die in that condition. So he gave up his son. He loved you so much that he said, Jesus, I want you to be an example for them. Jesus said, I'll die. I'll give up my life as a sacrifice so that they can get close to you again. You just have to believe that. 
And then you have to confess with your mouth that you want to receive that offer and make him your Lord. Because salvation is free, but it comes with a cost. And that cost is your life. In order to have the life that God has made available, you have to give up the life that you're living. You have to give him permission to make your every decision, to direct your steps. So if you want to make Jesus your Lord, and you believe that God loved you, just pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe that Jesus died for me, and I want to receive him as my Lord and my Savior. I give him permission to make my every decision. Be my father. Make me your child. Teach me how to live for you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. If you've prayed that prayer, you're now part of the body of Christ, the family of believers, and there's nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next step in your journey is to find a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church, a place that you can be discipled, that you can grow, where you got a family of believers to support you. And if you desire to be a part of my church, we would love to have you. We're a virtual ministry, but you can connect with us. And if you want information about that, all you have to do is go to our website, www.lovemychurch.org. Click contact us, fill out a connection card, and let us know you received Christ today. Or let us know you want to be a part of this ministry. And one of our ministers will contact you. They'll get you the information about how to meet with us. We have virtual discipleship groups where you can come and you can meet with all of our disciples in study groups where you can come and you can get your information. You can have somebody help disciple you, walk through through this, walk with Christ. And we have all kinds of ministry opportunities. We have women's ministry, men's ministry, marriage ministry. We have substance abuse ministry. But we have all kinds of ministries going on. And they're all available on our brand new platforms. And all that information is available on our website. All you have to do is connect with us. We'll get you all the information that you need. But our desire is that you have all the tools that you need to become who God desires you to become. That there's never a day that you don't have the information, the revelation that you need to walk this thing out. Because God desires you to be greater. And so if you need that information, just go to that website, fill out a connection card, and somebody will get back with you and give you some next step information. Secondly, if you've been watching us and you've been partaking of our ministry and you're like, man, this is a powerful ministry, it's blessed my life, and you want to help us continue to do what God's called us to do in the earth, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ, to make sure that believers have the tools that they need. And this is a huge undertaking. You've seen that what we're doing now with the My Church channel. Like I said, this is a huge undertaking that we've taken on, and you want to support us, help us do that, you can do that. You can give at dollar sign My Church Lynchburg on Cash App, paypal.me forward slash My Church Lynchburg, or you can use the Givelify app. Or however you desire to give, just know that your gifts are going to help us continue to spread the gospel of Christ. We have a mandate to make sure that the gospel is being preached around the world, to make sure that believers have the tools that they need to become well-rounded, mature believers to help you so that you can grow and that your influence and impact 
would be what God desires it to be in the earth. And so if you want to help us continue to do that, if you want to sow your seed, your tithe, your offering into this ministry, just know that it will be stewarded to do exactly that. Thirdly, we want to tell you, we love you. We want to make sure that you come back with us and watch with us again. But make sure you share this broadcast with somebody else. Make sure you let them know that they can get this word right here on all of these brand new platforms. Go out and Download the word at my church, the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV, or the My Church on the Go app from the Apple or Google Play app store. But whatever you do, make sure you come back and watch with us again. God bless you today. I'm Pastor Tuck. We'll see you again on next time. Please stay tuned for our announcements. God bless you. I love you. See you again. Thanks for watching the word at my church. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Firestick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church on the Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word at My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word at My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.